And Father God, we thank you for this opportunity. We come before your throne and we humble ourselves to you, Lord. We want to hear what you want to say to us today, Lord. We thank you so much for the gift of God, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of uh, a, a voice and wisdom and knowledge, understanding, the gift of teaching and understanding, Father. It's all from you. So we thank you, Lord, to open up those gifts, open up understanding. Give us what we need today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. I thought we would continue on in prayer, talking about some principles about prayer so that uh, we can allow ourselves to... Um, Focus in on on the dynamic of prayer. I know when you come in uh, on Saturdays, we always have prayer going on, and and everybody participates in the prayer. But sometimes it's good just to come apart and get a little more understanding about some some of the principles that we use when we pray. Uh, the prayer manual is is self-explanatory. I mean, it it teaches you as you go. If you read through that, you'll find. Uh, pretty good information on everything that we you need to um, understand what you're doing when you pray the manual. But sometimes, too, it's just good to get, um, um, I would say, more of a solid foundation, like like setting up something solid on the inside of you, a solid principle that you can rely on, that you can, you you know, where prayer is not a mystery, you're not wondering, well, why do I say this and why do you say that and what happens here and what happens there? So it's good to lay some of that down again and and refresh it to us. It's not that we haven't uh, gone over some of these principles in the past, but, uh, you know, the reason we meet regularly here uh, is because we need regular teaching. We need regular uh, to be under the word. Uh, sometimes things that we we have learn superficially we get a deeper understanding of it sometimes you know how you you hear a concept or you hear a teaching or hear a scripture and you get the surface meaning of it you 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 know something clicks in you and you you get it you know and then you might hear it again and you stop and pause with it and you get something else out of it so that's called revelation. So God's word is full of revelation. There's layers of revelation in God's word and uh, we can never get it all. You know, there's some things that I, I can listen to and I can say, oh, that's familiar. You know, I've heard that. And then, then I'll pause and I said, now wait a minute. That's a different twist on it or that's something that I hadn't thought about before. And, and it keeps the word fresh and new. I like that, don't you? I find that exciting about God. You can never say you know it all. You can never say, well, I've read that before and I got that or anything like that. He's always fresh and new. He's got all kinds of wonderful, uh, good surprises and, and good revelation and nuances for us. So I thought what we would do would be to talk some about, uh, what, um, uh, um, spoiling the strong man, okay, spoiling the strong man, and that's important to know because in spiritual authority, you know, you, you see so many misunderstandings about what we can do as believers and, and what we can't do, and, you know, just a lot of superstition, a, a lot of, you know, non-teaching, a lot of uh, scare tactics, and then a lot of, 
arrogance about the word. You know, the minute you start thinking of talking about spiritual authority, people jump in the flesh. Now, now we got a scriptural example for that. Amen. When the disciples first, when Jesus first anointed them and gave them their assignment, this while he was still alive, he told them to go and preach the gospel, preach and teach. He said, if where you're received, you know, let your peace be on, just, you know, just go where you're received, get peace where you can, where they're not receiving you, just keep going, shake the dust off your feet. That doesn't mean you're mad at people. That means that you just don't think about it. If you leave dust of that city in the city, then that means you don't think about it anymore anymore that doesn't mean you leave mad at people and curse them and all that kind of stuff and and so he's telling trying to tell them how to move peacefully in their ministry and how to conduct themselves even when people reject you they're not rejecting you they're rejecting god rejecting the word so don't take it personal just leave everything there there and they will know you've been there, but they didn't re- you, they didn't receive what you had for them. And that, that's it. Testimony against them. But when they came back, they were excited. Why? Not because they, they didn't say, boy, we got a lot of people healed or God raised some people from, what were they excited about? That the devils obeyed them. See, they got in the flesh about spiritual authority. And that's put in the Bible as a warning to us. Don't ever he and and Jesus told him he said don't get excited about that he rebuked them immediately because he knew that if he allowed them to stay in that mode they'd lose their authority so you can't use spiritual authority if you're over in the flesh with it and see many people in their quote unquote deliverance ministries run into problems because they get excited in their flesh. You gotta stay in the spirit with this stuff. Amen. It's the same thing as that, you know, you'll see people, skill is skill is, is what the way I look at it. And, and if a, a person, say for instance a surgeon or even a dentist is working on a, a patient or a client, and if they are challenged by something, say for instance this procedure has not, has hit some snags and they're, 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 uh, trying to overcome this obstacle that's popped up on them. Well, the way for them to overcome it is to stay calm and stay in a peaceful mindset so that when they, that when it becomes clear to them what to do, they can execute it but if they jump up and down and get all excited, ooh, look, I pulled this too. You know, you don't want somebody like that working on you. You got me? And so just staying in that, that mode of peace is what will help you to accomplish the job. And staying in the mode of, of not being caught up, cause that's not you. That's the one thing the disciples forgot. That anointing was God flowing through them. It had nothing to do with them. But it will sure stop once you get off into the flesh and start getting all excited about, you know, what you do like you're, you're the one in control and that's your power. That is not your power. That power is delegated to you by God. 
And I think that's one of the first things we have to respect about the authority, I mean, about the anointing. It's not yours. Amen. You're borrowing it. (laughs) Amen. It belongs to God. And as long as you stay under instruction and do what God tells you to do with that power, it'll work for you. But the minute you start getting getting off and getting wobbly with it, it will not work. It will short circuit and you will will lose what you had. And so and, and it's not the easiest thing all the time to stay uh, calm and stay, you know, keep yourself out of the flesh. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us do that and stay with what what we have. And so now there are times where your spirit man will rejoice and I'm not talking about that. And Jesus wasn't was knew the difference. He knew they weren't rejoicing in the spirit. They were all excited. And what did Jesus say? He said the devil don't have no power. See you excited about somebody that don't he said, I saw him fall. He's already defeated. So why are you excited about Something that that can't harm you and has no power. You got me? And so this is the way you have to think about that. you got to get God's mind about it before you can carry out the ministry that he gives you. So so this is part of what the watchman does, and that is spoiling the strong man. This is part of this ministry, part of the ministry of the watchman. And, And we are to spoil the strong man, not brag about. Casting him out, not lord it all over him, not, but spoil him. You are after what he's holding. And you gotta understand that. So the, 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 uh, the purpose of authority is to take what the enemy is holding because he's holding it illegally. It doesn't belong to him. Amen. He is a thief. He is a liar. All creation belongs to God. It does not belong to the devil. Amen. He's a usurper. And so uh, God has given the church authority to execute written judgments against the enemy. Amen. And so God's not going to come down and do this stuff when he's delegated it to us. He said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me and I give you authority over all the works of the devil. We're the ones who got to live down here. You know, God's up in heaven. I mean, he lives in us, but he's not subject to the world. And so we do this because it improves our life. Just like you pray for things that you want to God to bless you with, you've got to use your authority over Satan in order to get a, a decent life that God wants you to have. You just can't go through life begging God to beat up the devil for you or expecting him to do it over again. He's done it already. And he wants us to do what he has commissioned us to do. And so it's good for us to quit, quit playing games and quit being fictitious about things and start obeying God and doing the things that God has, has ordained for us to do. And so, uh, when, when, uh, um, Jesus begins to Get the disciples together on this kind of stuff. And these things are important for us to understand and for us to know. But on the, the um, uh, subject of, of um, power, whose power, how the power works, uh, Jesus taught on that as well. He's very clear 
in what he was doing and whose authority that he used in order to do what he was doing. So in Matthew chapter 12, if you'll turn there, starting in verse uh, 22, uh, he says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. So the devil had blinded this this person and taken his speech away from him. And he healed the man in so much that he could see and he can speak. And all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? Now, when people get amazed, this is going to happen. I don't care who you are. People marvel when they see the miraculous. And that's part of why God does it. It's done really to get people's attention, but to draw their attention to God. And so if if God uses you, you have to be careful to make sure that that you don't suck up the glory from him. You know what I'm talking about? You start feeling good, patting yourself on the back and, you know, feeling all every, every kind of way. You know, you, you can't do that. You just thank God for using you and thank God for what he's done and, and exit stage left as quick as possible. Amen. And it says all the people were amazed and they says not, and see now they're trying to, uh, look at, at Jesus as having some kind of power of his own as a human being. Amen. And they decide they want to start discrediting him. So that's the first thing that'll happen. Uh, some people will think you're, you're a God and some people will think you're a nothing and a nobody. How dare you? So you get both reactions. It says, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow is casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. So if, if nobody's ever accused you of working for the devil, you really haven't lived yet, not really lived for God yet, because whenever this power shows up, confused people People will always say it's the devil. Why? Because they don't know how to shut up and learn and listen. If they be quiet, they learn something. And Jesus knew their thoughts. They didn't even speak anything. He picked up on their thoughts. And he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. That's why in your home you need to have peace all the time. And when I say peace, I mean reconciliation. I don't mean tell everybody to shut up and be scared of you. But I mean to to make sure people understand how to forgive one another. Bring them to God's peace. Amen. You're not there just to keep quiet in the house like some kind of warden. But you want people to be peaceful in their spirits and reconciled and love and forgive one another. Other than that, the house is still divided. Amen? And so you don't let division stand. You find a way in God to get people reconciled. Amen? And he says, and if I by by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. Amen? So he said, if I'm using the devil's power to do it, he said, your children will be in a position to cast out devils, and whose power will they be using? Amen. He says, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and take his goods, except he first bind the strong man? Then he will spoil his house. 
He that is not with me is against me. He that gathers not with me scatters abroad. Wherefore I say to you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but blaspheming the Holy Ghost shall never be forgiven. And whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whosoever speaks against the Holy Ghost. So in other words, be just don't be so uh, uh, quick to blame something that you don't know if it's God or not on the devil. Because you're going down a bad road when you do that. Because truthfully, they didn't know whose power it was. Because they weren't familiar with it. And here Jesus was there to teach them and to show them they just weren't teachable. See, these religious leaders thought they had it all, knew everything. They were expecting Messiah to come, but not while I'm in charge. He better not come rushing up here and I'm, I'm running things. Well, that's why we wait for revival forever. Because everybody wants to be in charge of it. And I ain't smart enough to know the reason it hasn't come is because they want to be in charge. Well, you can let go of your little controls and let God be in charge. Maybe we get some work done around here. Amen. And so this is why they rejected Jesus. He was spoiling their good thing. Telling people that they could be healed free, uh, healed for free. Jesus never charged anything for anything he did. Amen. He lived by faith. We're supposed to live. Amen. The apostle Paul was the same way. He said, I never took an offering for you for anything. I you know, I never charged. You laid up money for us to feed people with. He made tents the whole time he was being beaten, between being beaten and flogged and accused and persecuted he made tents with his hands so he didn't have to get in that realm where he could be judged he had enough things being judged you know if you could stay away from money judgment you're doing pretty good amen <laughs> just just kind of get some things off your list the easy way and then that's the way he lived there are many many people have lived like that you know ministers you don't hear about them too often but they're around they they know how to believe God and not tell anybody what they need. And just they get excited when God shows up and blesses them with stuff and they haven't told anybody. That's living high. Amen? It really, really is. And we can all do that. So, so here he is. Uh, Jesus tells them some things. So these are some principles that we need to to make note of, be aware of, and live by them. And minister by these things. Amen. Because we are all called to the believer's ministry. And part of that is they will cast out devils. Amen. And they will speak with new tongues. The whole thing. But heal the sick. Don't put one above the other. Don't fall in love with one operation of the spirit and not another one. Amen. Just do whatever. Just expect to be equipped to do whatever God tells you to do what he puts before you to do i always tell people rule of thumb is that god would not have brought that person in your presence if you did not have the ability to help them and to do what god wants you to do so anyway here we have um so jesus lays down some principles he says how am i going to take something away from somebody and i work for them amen 
you know, people who steal from their jobs, they're just cutting off, cutting off their possibilities of, of having a job. If you get caught, you get fired. If you keep stealing, if everybody keeps stealing, the company's not going to make a profit pretty soon. You understand what I'm saying? So you don't cut off, cut the legs out from under the table or the chair that you're sitting on. You don't work against what you're a part of. It's the same thing for churches. I tell people, if you talk that bad about your pastor, you need to leave. Unless you can get your heart right and repent and and stay there with a good spirit about you. But if you're irritated and you don't like that anymore, you can move on someplace else. But don't stay stay there and tear down the house that's feeding you. Or tear down the place that, that God is building to support you. You know, you, you gotta have better sense than that. Same thing in a marriage. You'll find married people start backbiting each other, running to the girlfriend, complain about the husband, so forth and so on. You gotta quit doing that. You take your complaints to God. See, when you want it fixed, you'll go to God. If you're running to everybody else, you don't want it fixed. You just want some attention. You want some gossip. You want somebody to sympathize with you. God don't play them games. Get, you know, come on, let's grow up here. Things, things can get bad and you may need help, but go get help. Amen. Don't, don't live off of sharing your troubles with people and, and letting them feel sorry for you or get, get you attention or whatever you're trying to do. Just grow up, cut it out and, and, and look to God to resolve these things. Amen. You want peace in your house. So you don't care how many people know how bad you got it at home. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's everybody got it bad off and on. And mostly we make it bad ourselves. Amen. If you understood who lived inside of you, you you talk to him more and get him to help you. Amen. So the first principle Jesus lays down is that if 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 you fight from the inside, you will tear yourself down. Amen. Inside fighting will do nothing but tear tear things down. That's why in the church we need to have peace. You may not agree with everybody's doctrine or everybody's anything, but you can have peace about it. You let them believe what they want to believe. You'll have to keep striving with people. Many times we strive just to win the argument. And you can lose the person and lose the war just by wanting to win the argument. Sometimes you need to learn how to shut up and forgive. Not shut up and hold grudge and be angry still and carry that around, but just forgive. Say, well, God, we don't agree. They don't see it like I do. I don't see it like they do. So, but I do want peace with my brother. That's it. You can, you can do that. Amen. We don't have to be right all the time. It may be a news flash, but <laughs> just so you know, write it down. You don't have to be right all the time. Amen. You don't have to have the last word. Amen. So, so he says here, number one, if I'm using Satan's authority to cast him out, he's not going to be around for very long. So that's stupid to begin with. Who's going to give you authority to use against them? So that's, that principle does not hold up. So Jesus is saying, Satan wouldn't give me the power to do him harm. I'm going to have to get that power from someplace else. Amen. And we do get our power from someplace else. You can't use the devil's power to 
to, you know, win over him. It, it's just, it's, it's silly to think that. That doesn't even make sense. And so in, in Jesus is thinking to himself, man, there's so many devils running around here. You must know he ain't tearing up his own house. He got, <laughs> he's, he's not working to tear down his own house. He's trying to survive and get stronger, if anything. Amen. And so demons want to hold on to what they have, period. They are under authority. They are under a structure, just like the church is under a structure we're supposed to be anyway. You know, we always got a better idea than somebody who's in charge, you know, but still we're, we're under God's authority. It works best when we stay in line of the authority that God gives us. You get your turn to do something wonderful. If you got wonderful and great in you, honey, trust me, you will get your turn for wonderful and great to show up. Amen. So, cause there's enough hell out here. You can go, you can go and sit on your front porch and pray and, and take authority and cast out enough devils to make your neighborhood better. Got me? So there's no limit. There's no lack of work around here for everybody. Amen. And so he says here, um, uh, when, when we are, are confronted with evil power, you have to make sure you are over in God's territory to use God's power to combat that. You can't do it standing on the devil's turf. You can't do it in the flesh. You can't do it in your mind. You can't do it because you're wishing you could cast a devil out or, you know, some, he's treating somebody bad and you want to get even with him. That is, that is not the, the, the stance to take when you are fighting the strong man and when you're fighting the devil's kingdom. You have to be over in God's kingdom. You have to be firm in God's kingdom. And when you are firm in God's kingdom, God will place an anointing on you and an unction on you to move against that power. Amen. It's all done by spiritual force. You can't just jump up and look and see if somebody's talking wrong and you assume they got a devil and you want to fight with it. That's why many people get defeated in what they do. Remember the sons of Sceva? They thought it would be fun to do what Paul did. Amen. And thought it would would be good. And the devil overcame them, beat them all up and, and chased them out bloody and naked. Took all the clothes off of them and beat them up and threw them out in the streets. So the same thing will happen to a, a believer. You know, God is merciful to us because a lot of things we do in ignorance. But if you persist and you keep doing now these guys were actually uh, sorcerers, to be honest with you. They worked both sides of the aisle. Amen. Both sides of the corners of the street. And so once you you get a mixture like that in you. Like you like horoscopes and you like uh, all that kind of stuff and, and you like um, uh, uh, little, them little funny cards or you don't think it's nothing wrong having somebody tell your fortune, all that kind of stuff. Then you want to come and want to cast out devils. Well, it's not going to work for you. Amen. Even with a mild interest in, in dark things. You know, you see churches now LGBTQ affirming. 
You know, you don't hang out a sign for the devil's people to come and infiltrate your place. Amen. There's nothing wrong with ministering to, to homosexual people. But you don't hang out a shingle and say, you just come here and we're not going to make you feel bad. That's really what that means. You don't affirm sin. It's no You can't put that sign up. Uh, Why don't you just say adulterers welcome? Fornicators come on in. You got me? You don't do that. So why would you do the other? You got me? And so we, we've got to stop this compromise. We got to know when we're on the dark side. See, whenever you let the devil make you feel guilty about something and you embrace it out of guilt, you're already, you defeated. You're on his territory already. You don't need to feel guilty about the homosexual. If you don't know how to minister to him, just make up your mind. You're not going to judge anybody. You're not going to cast them into hell. That's what we're talking about. But God, help me, help my heart, straighten out my heart so I can show love to people, all people. You don't have to be a specialist in one kind of sin. Just grow up, you know. It's And don't feel condemned about disliking anybody. It's a lot of people I don't like. I don't like their behavior, You understand? but I love them. You know, that God can flip me over in a minute and I'll pray a prayer for them and help their lives. Or give them something that they need. There's a difference between like and love. We try to like too many things. You gotta love God first and hate sin. Make sure you hate sin and the devil. Cause if, if anything you could write on my obituary, she hated the devil. She sure enough hated that devil. You understand me? That's, that's a good epitaph to leave here. And so, so we, we must do that. And James tells us in James uh, chapter four, if you go there, he tells us how to, how to win in this war. This is what Jesus did. In James four, verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he'll run away from you. This is how you cast out the devil. You submit to God. God, what do you want me to do today? God, I'm your servant. God, I'm going to sit here and, and study your word. I'm going to pray in tongues for a half hour before I go out or whatever you do. Submit to God. Give him everything. God, I give you my my hands, my tongue, my feet. Wherever you want me to go today, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do today, I'll do. He says, shut up, girl. Stay home and read your word. Okay, God, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I don't have to be going nowhere. I don't have to be doing nothing. All I have to do is submit to you. Amen. So just give yourself over to what God wants you to do in everything. Amen. In everything. Just submit to him. Resist the devil. And the Bible says, the one definition says he will run in terror. He's terrorized. When we resist him with the power of God, in fact, that's the only way to resist. You can't resist him in your flesh. He has a picnic with people's flesh. So you submit to God and God's word and resist him. And he must run from you. He must obey you. He must do what you tell him to do. That's authority and that's power. And you get that power and authority through God's anointing. Amen. And so there's only one anointing. That's the one Jesus left the church. And it has certain signs will follow. In Mark chapter 16, 
And verses 17 and 18, we know this very well. In fact, this is one of the goals for this ministry was for to equip believers. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Tell them Jesus loves them. Tell them he, he died for them. Tell them you can be saved today. And you can be healed today. He says, in, in these signs, and he that believes and is baptized, that means born again. Amen. Uh, you know, I finally settled that with God. I said, God, I keep ex- trying to explain baptized. That doesn't mean water baptism. It means to be baptized into the body of Christ. Amen. They had several baptisms in the Bible. John's baptism kind of held people until Calvary. That's really what that was. And, and that was really done away with. Amen. Then there was the baptism into the body of Christ by being born again. Amen. And, and, and receiving the power to forgive. Then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit for believers, amen, to show the signs that empowers you to witness. So the power for witnessing comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I know people call themselves witnessing when they're, we, we were all saved without praying in tongues, and we got people saved. But you didn't get them fully into what they they should have from God because you couldn't get them healed too, could you? Now, we don't go and stop the Baptists from going door to door. We don't stop nobody from doing what they're doing. But we're looking for the signs of those who believe. See, when you're born again, you can get people born again and that's it. You can only... Such as you have, you give people. If you don't have it, you can't give it to them. So you have your free ticket out of hell, and that's what you can give people. And that's a start. But they need more. Because they had the power to forgive at Calvary, and really at Pentecost, when Jesus left the earth and told them, go wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are empowered. In other words, don't preach nothing, don't lay hands on nobody. You have power, but you have power to forgive one another, and you have power to forgive sin, so you can stay at least in a holding pattern until the Holy Spirit pours out on you, and then you got it all. You can't witness what you haven't seen and heard. And if you haven't heard anything about healing, you can't witness that. Amen? You can only witness what you... See, this is this is how denominations and churches start taking truth away from people. And they fight to hold on to that little bit. Amen? Catholics believe that at the last minute, somebody's going to come in and anoint you with oil and you get in heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? They just don't believe in being born again and living for God. You can be. Every now and then you'll see one of them sneak out and find out some truth, but they keep going. If you're smart, you you get born again, you go someplace where everybody's born again. You're not sitting up in a dead church trying to be alive. Amen? It's too much of a fight. God's got a place for you to be. Amen? So there's all kinds of goofy doctrine out here but once you get goofy doctrine god will start working on the holy spirit then will start working on you to bring you more truth 
He does that with everybody. So if you're saved and not baptized in the Holy Spirit, guess what? You get sick of the devil bashing you upside the head and you say, I need more power. And pretty soon, boom, somebody will tell you about tongues and about the baptism of the Spirit. Or you get smart enough, read your own Bible and say, now here it says I should be speaking in tongues and I don't speak in tongues. I'm going to ask God about that. Amen. So we can all get further truth. Amen. Catholics can find out. There are a lot of Catholics find out you must be born again. They'll start questioning it. They say, well, you know, I don't even feel any different. All these years I've been in church, I feel the same as when I first got here. I don't feel like I'm close to God. Amen. If you ever want to get a Catholic's attention, you say, hey, I'm going to tell you how you be closer to God than you've ever been. Ooh. You know, because they sit in them, them, them dead churches and being quiet and waiting for something to happen. Or you want your miracle? I'll tell you how to get your miracle. You don't have to go to a shrine. Amen? And so we are all here growing in knowledge, getting more truth. I don't care where you start out at, there's more truth to be had. Even us tongue talkers, there's more truth for us to have. Amen. And God is, is constantly bringing more truth. So, so you believe what you're told. You believe what's preached to you. And people say, well, you, you, you know, if you died today, do you know if you're going to heaven or hell? I don't know. Well, you want to go to heaven? Yeah. Confess Christ. Okay. And you get born again. And you keep walking with God and you find out the way is kind of dry. I keep sinning. How am I going to quit doing this? You need to be empowered. You need power from on high. And somebody tells you about tongues. When you start seeking, desiring more, somebody shows up with the answer. Praise God. God sends people. So all of us are on a journey. We're on a path. It gets brighter and brighter unto that perfect day. Amen. God wants us to get brighter. He wants us to know more. When you start praying in tongues, there's more to get. That ain't everything. Amen. Because you'll have a bunch of challenges and you say, oh, God, I don't know what to do now. I got tongues. I got this. I got that. I got that. Yeah, well, now I'm going to show you how to use it. Amen. And you get more. You're always getting more. Amen. So don't ever feel like you got it all. And don't ever count, call somebody wrong just for preaching what they know. Amen. At least they preaching what they know. We all started out in ignorance. Amen. And and there'll be an opportunity. Paul would find people all the time. They said, have you received since you believe? They say, we've not even heard about no Holy Ghost. What's that about? Amen. And so there were believers who hadn't received yet. Amen. And they, he, he preached to them and they received. So he wanted everybody to be fully empowered. This was a goal that you would, he that believed and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believed not shall be damned. Only where you're damned is you ain't born again. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay. So we want to show the signs. Cast out devils, speak in new tongues, take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. So you're fully protected. What that, this is, these are protective. That don't mean you go out and let me show this sign of taking up a serpent. You don't have to take up nothing. You got serpents at your job. You got serpents on your street. You got serpents in your kid's school. Go take them up. Amen. In prayer. 
and, and take authority over them. So that's what that means. Every evil work, you are not subject to it. Amen. Amen. You can, you can drink something deadly. It won't hurt you. Amen. You'll recover. Amen. It just will never have any power over you. Why? Because you have divine life inside of you. Divine life isn't just sitting there for nothing. It's working. Every day you get healed a little bit more. Healing is the children's bread. Amen. God, the Holy Spirit living in you, he's not just there. He's working on you. Amen. He already has his assignment. And if you need something specific that you can start praying and believing for, then you put that out there. You put your faith out there for that. Amen. But he's always working on us. God is, God is, he's at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure, the Bible says. Amen. So it's, he's working. So don't, don't ever doubt that. And don't ask him what he's doing every five minutes. You don't need to know. Too nosy sometimes. Mind your little beeswax. Just learn how to submit to it and quit fighting it so much. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. So if we submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. Every day. God, I thank you. I bless you. I put you myself under your authority today. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Build up your spirit so that you can hear him, you can obey him in whatever uh, uh, effort you need to put in to keep yourself attentive to what God wants you to do, charged up, walk in the mind of the spirit, let God speak to you, let him counsel you, all of that. That's walking with God, amen? And, And when you do that, God has you equipped for every good work. You don't have to be afraid of anything. He He is with you. So in Mark chapter 5, let's start there and we'll talk about spoiling the strong man. Man. First you gotta bind him, then you gotta spoil him. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately, immediately, immediately. People who do stuff immediately are on assignment. Amen. They're anticipating trouble and they rush to it immediately. This this man did not give Jesus time to find him. He found Jesus. Amen. And this is true of many devils. They will manifest themselves before you even become aware of who they are, where they are, any of that. The other thing that, that is consistent with the strong man is that he has to confront anybody who's anointed and has an anointing that can do him harm. And when I say that, I mean this. If God has anointed you to confront spirits of a certain size, they will always make themselves known to you. Why? Because you're the only one that can challenge their position. 
because they're trying to hold on to what they have and they know that you're a threat to that. And this is why they will challenge you, call you out, try to engage you. Amen. And, and make themselves known to you. They have to do it. You got me? They have to. Because this is what they're assigned to do. This is like if, if you're, if you're running a red light and police are sitting there and they put on old flashers and flag you down and, and apprehend you, it's because they have authority. They're on assignment to catch everybody that's running the red light. Everybody that's speeding. So they're on assignment to catch people. That's why they take off immediately after you. Because if they don't do that, they're not doing their job. You got me? And they are under authority to do their job and to keep peace in the streets and all of that kind of stuff. And it's the same thing with the devil. All authority works the same. You're not given authority and told you can use it if you want to. And if you don't want to, you don't use it. I'm going to say it again. Because, see, a lot of Christians think that, you know, they say, well, you know, they don't mean nothing. They're always making excuses for sin, making excuses for wrong living, making excuses. For, well, you know, that, that that don't do no harm. Well, who are you to judge what's harmful or not? You know, when we sin, we don't even know what we're doing. Jesus said that at Calvary. He forgave all and said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So we don't know. How can we say You can't judge something and say it's not doing any harm. You need to just leave stuff alone. If you're ignorant, stay ignorant. Until you can pray and get some enlightenment. But don't go and give everything a pass because you... You don't like it, you know, like you don't like nobody saying anything against it. You got me? Leave stuff alone till God gives you something to say. So here he is. He comes immediately up. This is immediately. See, this is your clue. The strong man's involved. This is not just some poor man with the devil. Jesus ran into them all the time. All he had to do was go in the synagogue and the place was full of them. Amen. There were none of them came up to him like this immediately. So when you see that where they notice you because what God has placed in you and you got to know the difference. And this isn't something to go bragging on. You don't. Yeah, they just came running up to me. No, you don't. That, that ain't you. You don't do that because that's not your power we're talking about. Talking about the power of God, it's delegated to you. And just as it sits on you, it can lift. You got me? Because it's not under your control. Amen? No, Catherine Kuhlman's consistently as she was used by God. She she said every night before she would go out, she wondered if if God was going to show up. You got me? Because she knew it was up to him whether he used her or not. She didn't take nothing for granted. Amen. And don't think you get a free pass because there's sick people out there. Because you get too too funny acting. God will raise up somebody else. Your name won't be on that miracle anymore. You got me? They'll get transferred under somebody else's name. 
So we can't take these things for granted. It says when he was come out of the ship, verse 2, immediately there met him out of the tombs. Now here this man comes out of the tombs. We don't know how close the tombs were to shore. But this man was alerted that Jesus was there by the Spirit. You got me? Sometimes, you know, you can walk into what I call a a quote-unquote ambush. The devils just get alerted that you're you're going to be in a place. You got me? You know, I went to visit my dad. He was um, getting toward the end of his life, but but I just sensed in God that he would recover. And he was in the hospital, and and uh, he had uh, contracted an infection, and he was kind of lethargic, kind of out of it. He's a little confused, and and that I think part was age too. He was up in his nineties by then. And, um, I wasn't, he wasn't talking to me. I wasn't talking to him. I was just, you know, loitering in the hospital. And I'm, I'm saying, now God, I know you sent me here. You know, I know I obeyed you coming here. I said, but I can't even get daddy's attention. I said, I prayed for him. I said, I know you, you got him. He's, he's healed. You know, he's going to come out of here. And I said, what am I here for? You know, and I just, I just stayed. He didn't, God didn't say leave, so I stayed. And I started to pick up on a conversation on the other side of the curtain. And there was, I could see, I couldn't see the, the patient because the curtain was drawn all the way to the foot of the bed, but I could see two people sitting at the foot of the bed. And there was a, a young woman there who was spouting scripture at him and I know all about this stuff because I grew up in this. I know all about this. And, and they say, yeah, he said, he said, no, no, no. He said, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, I want to know how I can be saved. He said, I just want to know, can I be saved? And he kept asking about saved. And every time he would say, I want to be saved, she would come up with some kind of well, you don't need all that. And yeah, I, mean, I know about this and I'm nothing but the devil. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, you know, the devil is working overtime to drag people into hell because you could tell this man was sick. And, and I kept sensing the, the presence of God over his bed and he was weeping. And so, <clears throat> the Lord finally told me what to say, and and so I ministered to him. I spoke to him, and I said, "Well, sir, I said you are saved. I said you feel that presence. I said you feel." Praise God. He he didn't really respond. He more like listened. And I told him, I said, God is answering your cry. I said, that feeling that you have, I said, and that weeping that's on you. I said, that's the spirit of God responding to your heart. I said, he's here to save you. 
In fact, you are saved. Just tell God, thank you that you're saved. And he just kept crying and he kept kept weeping and, and mumbling and, and, and finally the presence of God settled him down. And I told him, I said, sir, I'm a Christian. I said, I'm a minister. I said, and you don't, people don't weep out of nowhere. I said, that weeping that you're doing, I said, God's working on your heart, causing you to repent and turn away from your sin and turn toward him. And so he kind of settled down and he said, thank you. Thank you. I said, yeah, thank God. I said, he saved you. And so I said, do you mind if I shake your hand? And I put my hand around the the curtain. I didn't pull it back. I just, and he touched my hand. I said, welcome to the family of God. You got me? What her devil did, I don't know and I don't care. But I can tell you that the devil has people assigned to take people to hell if he can. You got me? And she was pulling hard over his soul. She was giving it all she had. But what she didn't have was a power strong enough to keep him out of heaven. Amen. It's what they don't have. And you just stick with the power of heaven. Now, I could have talked to her and told her, girl, you wrong. No, it wasn't about that. See, you can go in being right and approaching it wrong. She was not important. Her words were not important. What was important was getting a soul saved. And I don't know how sick he was. As a matter of fact, I was, uh, I sent somebody else out there the next day to give him, uh, you know, some literature because I didn't have anything with me. You know, sometimes your pamphlets aren't needed. You just need to work with people. You work with a soul. That's what's most important. You got me? And and the bed was empty. He was gone. My dad was still there, but he was gone. See, you don't know where he was. Did he go home, go to rehab, to the morgue? You don't know. But he was saved. You got me? God assured him of that. And so, so I'm telling you that the devil has people assigned. People are on assignment in his kingdom. They're not just random devils loitering around and with nothing better to do but to mess with people, they're assigned to your soul. They won't take you to hell. You got it? You keep playing around with them and see what happens. Sometimes people leave here early because God wants to get them before the devil does take them to hell. So you don't know the plan. So it's good to walk on God's side as long as you have God submit to God and resist the devil. You can resist him. You have to keep having fun with him all the time. Amen. And it says this man came to him immediately out of the tombs. He had an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs. No man can hold him down. No, not with chains. That's how strong his devils were. Because he had often been bound with chains. They tried to contain him. And the chains had been picked apart. By him, broken in pieces, so no man could tame him. There's no, you couldn't console him. You couldn't talk to him and talk, counsel him into his right mind. All you professional counselors out there and life coaches, if you don't have an anointing to break a yoke off somebody, all your life coaching ain't gonna do nothing. That's for them people that don't have real problems. They just kind of inventing stuff. Y'all chit chat for a little bit. 
Your best coach is, is 66 books of the word of God. They'll change you into whatever God wants you to be. He says he was in the tombs crying, cutting himself. That's always a devil. But when he saw Jesus afar off. Huh? See, they sense by the spirit when somebody anointed is around. Amen. And so he went and ran and worshipped him. So this man was repentant and ready to be delivered. Amen. And this is the other thing you got to know about God. When he sends you there, he sends you for success. He don't send you to wrestle with devils and they beat you up and they still stay in people. You can't get them out. Just go home. Stay home. You understand? Don't just go out the house. If that's all you got, stay home. You stay home long enough, God will give you something to overcome the devil with. And he said, for he, um, and the man cried with a loud voice and says, what I have, what do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God that you torment me by, torment me not. So they always looking for, for what they got coming to them. Devil's always looking for punishment. Amen. Cause he knows he's got it coming. And he asked him these, and Jesus said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked you, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. And he begged him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Don't send me out of the country. Don't send me out of the country. Why? He was assigned there. Demons will always try to barter with you. They'll try to bargain with you. They will do anything not to be sent into Dry places. Because that's where they're sent if they lose their assignment. Amen. It's probably a place of torment. Was it dry places? I think it's something close to hell, but I'm not sure. But it's something that they don't want. So he's begging Jesus, don't send him. He said, please don't send me out of the country. Why? Because I run this place. If I get sent out of here, I lose my assignment. You got me? And that's when I'm really tormented. Devils don't want to come out of people, out of pets, out of anything. They don't want their assignment to end. Amen. And so he says here, and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there were nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. Amen. So they bargained to go into the swine, but they got to stay in the country. Don't send me out of Cleveland. Don't send me out of Ohio. Don't send me out of this place. Don't send me out of this house. Don't send me. Don't end my assignment. Amen. And he says here. Hey Chuck, can you can Chuck, can you be quiet a little bit or close the door? See if she can cuz I I keep hearing that in my ear and tell her she can 
either tone it down, close the door or something if they conduct in business. Thank you, Lord. So they don't want to lose their assignment. You got me? They don't want to lose their assignment. And he says he saw the swine feeding. So he knew the swine were going to stay there. So any compromise to stay on his assignment is what he wants to do. So if he can stay in the country, go into the swine, eventually he can get back into people and keep his territory. He wants to keep his hold on his territory. Amen. And you got to know that. This is why demons don't want to respond to you. They don't want to obey you. First tell them to come out and they act slow. Or talk back or something like that. And, you know, that kind of stuff. They don't want to leave where they are because once they leave, they know that they are gone for good. Their chances of getting back are slim to none. And slim just left town. You got me? And so with, once, once they lose their assignment, they go into dry places. And then the people are free of their power. Once people get free, they can usually fight to hold on to their freedom. You got me? So their chances of not being re, re, uh, uh, re-entered into by the demon are slim once they get cast out. Got me? Because once people get freedom, they get to know what that's like. They get to understand what that's like. And then the minister can say, well, you'll keep your freedom if you start getting in the word. But you can't go back to the people that you used to hang around with. You won't stay free. Amen. You don't keep liking them same devils. Amen. Not like you, not like you choose different devils, but you know, leave the devil alone. Just come away from that. Touch not the unclean thing. So here he has, he, he, he says, uh, he's all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine and we'll go into them. And right away, Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out, entered the swine and the herd ran, ran violently down a steep place into the sea. The, the swine choked and the demons had to leave the dead swine. Demons don't stay into anything dead. So now you've got free demons running around. Amen. Of course, Jesus knows how to, you know, keep angels around him. The angels of God apprehend them. But they're leaving legion. They're leaving the region. They're leaving the whole. This is how you spoil the strong man's house. You take authority over him, you get rid of all the devils, and the people go free. You got me? And he says, they were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. So Legion had a lot of demons, apparently. I used to think he was lying, and I said, wait a minute. A thousand devils, that is a legion. That's pretty close. (laughs) Amen. That's a lot of demons. And they that fed the swine ran and told it in the city, in the country. And they went out to see that what was done. And they came to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil, that had the legion sitting with clothes on in his right mind, and they were scared. 
All these people, they tried to tame this man in the past. You'd think they'd be glad to see him changed. But they're scared. Why do you think they're scared? Don't guess. Wait for the Holy Spirit to tell you something. You're, you're real smart, honey, but you have to wait for God to give you what to say. Got me? Don't just top of your head. Ain't no answers up there. But meditate on, on the word and, and think about it. Think about what you know about the word, what you know about God. Why do you think these people were afraid? Hmm? Because they were all under control of the strong man. When the strong man leaves, the people come into confusion and wonder what to do next. See, they don't know the next step. All they know is that they used to be feeling one way about things around there. Now they're feeling different. See, when back in the day, all they had to be scared of was this crazy man. Now all his devils are gone. They killed a swine. They've drowned the pigs. So now they're scared of Jesus. They're thinking, my goodness, this man is messing this whole place up. At least when we had legion tied up, he was the only crazy one we had to worry about. Now he didn't come out. They didn't come out and choked all the swine. What's going to happen to us next? Amen. What's going to happen to us next? See, when people get delivered, People who are under that influence get nervous. You ever had somebody that, that used to be the town drunk and they quit drinking all of a sudden? Let them go down to the corner bar and see what kind of reception they get now, now that they're sober. Everybody will turn their back on them. Nobody wants to be around them anymore. Amen? Because they're different. They're changed. They're not one of us anymore. They're not like us anymore. And so this is a common reaction for people who have been under the influence of demonic activity. When that activity starts to lift, they feel confused. They feel perplexed. They don't know what's going to happen next. And when they see that those spirits doing that kind of damage to the animals, they wonder what's going to happen to them. You see, and so they were afraid. So what did they do? They came to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil and the legion sitting clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to beg Jesus to leave them. It's too much going on here, too much different, too much change. Amen. Amen. They were, all of them were under the influence of this legion. They could only do so much with him in charge. They could only think so much. They could only go so far. Now he's different. Pigs are dead. All them demons left him. What do we do now? So they get rid of the source of the trouble. And that's Jesus. And they tell him, uh-uh, you got to leave here. You causing too much upset. In other words, when we were all drunks and we were all dope addicts, we were fine. We were miserable, 
but we had we could expect our we knew what to expect from day to day because we were all miserable now you didn't come and got some of us free and we don't know what things what's gonna happen to me huh so this is this is what happens they get perplexed and the bible says when a strong man leaves a house it's clean swept and garnished but it's got to be filled so they're all cleaned from the influence of this devil but now they got to be filled amen or the demons will just find a way to return amen or they will be drawn to some place where they can still have some kind of sinful activity that they've been used to. And so Jesus now has to do something to get these people filled up, to get the people free. Because they're left in a state of confusion. And it says, in, in, it says, they began to ask him to leave, and when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil asked Jesus to let him go with him. Amen. Why? He's free. He knows he's got to have something. He doesn't know what else to do. He's, he's in a state of, of freedom, but not filled. See, this is the issue with people who have, have been possessed with demons get filled again this is why a lot of times people can't get their their physical manifestation of their healing because they got to have enough word in them to keep the healing when they get it you got me and so god will allow them to to continue to feed on the word build build up in the word get strong in the word until they can carry the healing and that's what he wants us all to do. And so this is what this this demoniac man, he said, wait a minute. He said, I don't know. I'm without my devils. I know I'm free. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. And so Jesus does not allow him to come with him. Uh, Howbeit, Jesus told him, did not allow him to come to him. But he says, do this. Go home to your friends and tell them. How great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis. We'll talk about that a little bit more later because we're about out of time. We're going to have to pray how great things God had done. See, there's a couple ways to get filled back up again. Number one, give your testimony. Spirit of prophecy. Amen. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Who are you prophesying to? Them and you. So you get stronger. You you keep speaking that word. Jesus cast that devil out of me. My mind is free. I'm healed. I'm doing good. I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. This is it. And he kept doing it and he kept doing it. He kept doing it. That's how you get filled. Give your testimony. There were some people Jesus told them, don't give it. Because he knew that by giving it, somebody would attack them and they would be emptied again. So he said, keep it to yourself. Nurture it on the inside. Let it grow on the inside until you get stronger with it. But it's not time for you to start fighting that warfare over your testimony. But for him, it was. Why? Because they'll listen to him. He ran the whole place. Nobody could move without him. They, every time they, he would, somebody would go close to the tombs. They said, "Don't go close to Legion because he's crazy." You know, he was the talk of the place. So he ran things. 
He's a strong man. You got 2,000 demons in you, you can run a big city. In fact, he ran 10 of them. So we'll talk about what, how God used him as the ex-strong man, how he spoiled his house, and how he allowed 10 cities to hear the gospel through this one man. Amen. And that's how you spoil the strong man. You take everything he's got. You get it. Amen. Because God will give you the anointing to do it. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to pray for our um, our prayers. We're going to pray for our children again. We're going to spoil the strong man's house because uh, we have too many uh, people, organizations. There's too big an assignment against the life of God's inheritance. The Bible says children are the inheritance of the Lord. Amen. Children do not belong to people. They belong to God and first and foremost, and we got to know that and we got to believe that. And so we want to return them back to their rightful owner, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the one true and living God, your maker and creator of all things visible and invisible through your son, Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we just ask you to forgive our sins. We just bask in your cleansing blood. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Father. We break the power of witchcraft over our country, over this nation, over that border, our southern border where they have lost over 200,000 children, have released them somewhere into this country. We declare this country is one nation under God. We are under your authority. We are under you, Lord. We are under your power. We are under your order. Orders. We want your orders and, and your orders alone in our life. So we thank you for it, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you to contend with those who contend with us. We break the power of divination. We break the power of sexual confusion. Thank you, Lord. You made us male and female from the beginning. And we curse these works of darkness that are telling children that they can choose what gender they want and mutilating their bodies to prove it we command that blood that comes from mutilation we say the blood of Jesus speaks better things we plead your blood to demonstrate salvation deliverance love redemption restoration restore everything that's been stolen from these children through mutilation Lord in Jesus name Father, we thank you. Release a demonstration of your power. Outdo the devil. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And we bind their mockery. We bind their blasphemy. We bind their confusion. We bind their rebellion. These people who are are going around on Pride Month, we cancel that month. We say they will never have another Pride Month in this country in Jesus' name or anywhere in the world. We cancel their month in the name of Jesus. We bind sorcery, Satan, we divide your house, we curse the power of blood sacrifices, and we plead the blood of Jesus. It speaks better things, and we thank you, Father. We pray the crimes against children. We bind the lust, hate, and murder triad. We confess no male babysitters, Father. We thank you. These children will not be turned over to men who can molest them, and and uh, some of these children are, are newborns that 
are being raped and, and mutilated. Father, we curse that work of darkness in Jesus' name. We bind these spirits of stupor and folly over parents. These parents are too permissive to let their children be entertained by transvestites and all of this stuff, Father. We lose your wisdom over parents. Wake them up, Father. Tell them they're being foolish, Lord, and wake them up and give them a backbone to protect their children, Lord, in Jesus' name. These are your children, Father, and your children are not for sale. Thank you, Lord. Make children wise as serpents and harmless as doves so that they can get away from some of these people who are kidnapping them and raping and murdering them father we break the power of gangs and and for pulling children under their power we thank you lord that and we break the power of witchcraft in these schools that they will not be taught these indoctrinating things father that they will be taught the the reading writing and arithmetic and they will be taught the bible in jesus name the Ten Commandments again, they will come back to the schools in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. They will hate sin and the devil, that they will have your covenant established in their lives. They'll possess the gates of those that hate them. They will choose life so that they can live, and they'll fear and glorify you. Father, we thank you that they will be blessed and be fruitful, increase abundantly, be multiplied, and be exceeding mighty. They will inherit the earth. They will be established forever. They will be mighty on the earth and they will be delivered, though hand joined in hand. And they'll have the Holy Spirit poured out on them, have the word of God continually in their mouths. Thank you, Lord. The glory of the latter house is greater than that of the former house. They will be taught of you and great shall be their peace. They'll be trained in the ways of the Lord and will their old not depart from them. They are your inheritance. They will be filled with wisdom and have favor with God and with man and they'll honor father and mother that they will that it will be well with them and their days will be long on the earth in jesus name amen and praise god amen and amen again praise you lord hallelujah thank you jesus we thank you lord thank you jesus for what you have done and and enlightening us helping us understand our spiritual authority through you father that we can bind the strong man and spoil his house in fact we do every time we pray our prayer they are against the strong man that we can take what he has for your glory we can take it and give it back to you father we are receiving these souls on your behalf father for your kingdom so we thank you lord we bless you and we praise you we honor you lord we love you jesus thank you lord for trusting us with your kingdom, trusting us with the goods that you have in the earth, your harvest, the souls that are so precious to you, Lord. We thank you for that. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. Can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have whatever you. Thank you, Lord. And it don't have me. And it can't get me. And I thank you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.